I'm Kelly Harrell, author, animist, and creator of the Weekly Rune. Solentent Arts is my soul-tending practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, actionable animism, soul-tending, and how all of those intersect through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a runecast that I've done for years focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the runecasts on my site, solentonarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the Weekly Rune at Solentent Arts. It's explained at the beginning of every runecast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the Weekly Rune, you get access to the full RuneCast, no ads, more details on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the Weekly RuneCast through chanting. You can contribute as little or as much as you'd like, and the rewards scale according to what you'd like to receive. And if you don't want any rewards, you just want to show your support, you're welcome to do that. Go to patreon.com and search for The Weekly Rune. You can also subscribe to the free version of The Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you so much for doing that. This week, we're still working with the change that Inguas is bringing into our lives. People often get excited when Inguas comes up because it indicates the end of a long process of planting seeds, tending them, and experiencing them come to fruition. And why not? It's a rune of fertility. You can plug in whatever gender you want or none at all where that's concerned because there really is precedence for all of it. And, and then there's the blessing of the yield that that force of creation brings in your life. This is the whole concept of Inguas in a nutshell. And as ever, there's more to that story. And with Inguas, it really pays to examine the framing runes that come with it to understand the nuance of what's being manifest at this time. Both of the framing runes this week give a lot of detail on how Inguaz is showing up in your life through the repetition of Uru's reversed, no less, and that makes it kind of a big deal in this runecast. So Uru's reversed came up a couple of weeks ago, and it brought the message that we have to tend our personal cosmology which that's kind of just my phrase for what people popularly call mind, body, soul feelings. Some people just say mind, body, soul, but I don't find that that's enough. How we feel is the synergy of all of those things. And so I include it as its own root in that internal organization. And, you know, internal organization is pretty much what decides how we look at the multiverse Therefore, personal cosmology. So 
When Uru's reversed came up a couple of weeks ago in the weekly rune, I talked about how in the reversed position, it means some part of that internal system, that personal cosmology, isn't functioning as well as it could or should be. It may be that the whole thing needs to get dusted off and, and cleaned up. It could be that a part or parts of it need tending. Like Whatever the deal, just leaving it as is will not support the manifestation you've busted your ass to bring into being. It's not going to support the manifestation and it isn't going to support you. I want to pause on that because there's a distinct sting in that whole ideology. Y'all know this, right? In new age circles, all you ever hear about is like, think it and it is. You create your own reality, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying that like it isn't true. I'm saying that like it's incomplete and it has been intentionally put forward in such a way that it really only favors certain people. It really only favors privilege. And there are a ton of variables around manifestation that include how we think and feel, many of which are not under our control. Again, privilege. So to just leave it at you create your own reality implies that you have total control. But it also implies the reverse of that, which is you take total blame. And that's why for me, the practice of, of weird weaving is a lot more grounded. It's a lot more realistic and that it looks at those extra factors like your past, your collective past, privilege, what your actual resources are, and your internal landscape, which is the focus of this runecast. Um, it, it, it's more realistic and that it requires you to become cognizant of as many factors as possible that are under your control the ones that you can't control, which really are real, and to remain in good humor about all of the above. Maybe weird weaving is about that more than anything else. I could talk for hours around those factors, and I think I did. I think I've done a couple of really early runecasts on weird weaving. But the runecast for this week references the internal components, the personal cosmology, and how it affects our ability to weave weird. When we talk on the level of mind, body, soul, feelings, we have to be willing to explore each one of those separately and how they're functioning as a whole. We have to be really versed in our energy hygiene and know what to do when we find that it isn't supportive. So, so like there's a couple of things going on there. The ability to think of it and assess it and then to know what to do with it if it isn't in support of our manifestation or ourselves. And if it, it, if it isn't in support, that's one thing. What if it's in direct conflict with what's best for us and what's best for the manifestation going on in our lives right now? So what that means, like at a very granular level, is you need to be willing to let your life change to accommodate your creation. We never talk about that. We, nobody ever brings that up when they're talking about manifestation. It's all like, do you have your crystals? Are you doing the ritual at the right time of day? Did you fast? Do you have the money to put into the masterclass that would, you know, make you magically be able to manifest everything? 
you know, those are the kind of conversations that we have. When you think about making your dreams come true, you don't really think about how you have to change to allow the dream to have space in your life. Like, we don't talk about that. Like, all the other factors of, can I even support it? Is this dream doable? All of that conversation. But even when you realize that it is doable, it is happening, it is coming, are you capable of creating a supportive space in your life for that dream? And usually what that means, creating a supportive space, means something has to change. So... You know, from a brass tacks perspective, if you've got this really amazing professional potential in front of you, you you have to stop and think about how is this going to redefine my personal relationships? What if I have to move? Or if you have this opportunity to cultivate your art skills, your your spiritual skills, you might have to dig deeper into some primal wells of creativity, which means you brush up against shadow and you don't get to choose which shadow in order to make that creative part happen. There's, there's always a range of, yes, this is, this is the dream. I see it. I have the skills. I have the resources to make it happening. It's happening. It's here. That's Ingloss. It is the seed beginning to bloom. But do you have the garden sustainable? Can the garden keep it so that it flourishes and continues to stay well-fed, well-sustained, well-supported? And and with you as the gardener, are you in the place that you can do the things that the garden needs to keep it healthy? This is what I'm talking about. Even positive change is still change. It's not easy and it will demand assessment and rearrangement of life elements. It will demand that you go deeper and that you realize your ability to go deeper or the reluctance to do so affects everything around you. It affects the dream. It affects your other pursuits, future projects, relationships, your community, and maybe most of all, how you view yourself. It's all related. It's all animistic. All of that to say, from the point that you begin having a dream, plant the seed, do all the work to tend the seed, the soil, everything it needs, you are not the same person at the end of that process. When everything goes right, everything is wonderful, you win the jackpot, good to go. You are not the same person at the end of that process, which means that you're personal cosmology isn't the same either. I mean, be honest with yourself. The last time that you brought something into being with total honest hard work, focus, and magic, once it was done, what did you do next? Did you stay equally as attuned to welcome it, to root it, to tend the parts of yourself that changed during its gestation process. One thing I've talked about several times in the weekly rune, and I mean like over years, I don't, I don't even know which ones, but just a theme that has come up over years is when we get to the last runes in each et, it calls on our ability to remember the process 
Because a lot of times what happens with human nature is we are so freaking excited that shit actually worked that we forget what we did that made it work. We forget the magic. It's sort of like when people say, you know, women have kids and they forget how hard the labor was. That is total bullshit, by the way. But, but the saying is, you know, you forget how hard and how much effort it took because the, the depth of, of feeling and passion and awe at the moment of accomplishment overwhelms all of that. It's, it's, a, it's a good point with Ingwas this week to stop and think about that, to consider that possibility, to take some freaking notes on your process, internal and external, what you logistically did to make this dream come true, and what you had to rearrange in yourself to do so, so that you can start to hone in on what your formula is around weird weaving. And it may not be the same every time. I'm not saying that to suggest what works in this one dynamic is going to work in manifestation in another dynamic. Not at all. But the fact that you get into a habit of realizing exactly how much attention and focus it requires so that you know how to sustain it the next time even better. But you know, most of us don't do that. We don't we don't really assess how it happened. We're just pretty freaking happy that it did turn out the way we wanted it to. I know I know I'm that way. It's it's like such a struggle to get to a, a project to fruition that when we finally do, we're like, screw this, I need a vacation. And and I'm not saying that downtime isn't earned and that it isn't also part of the manifestation. But what I'm saying is there is still more work to do, even when manifestation has happened, when the dream is here, at least for a time. In the memo from Uru's Reverse on the awesome sauce of Ingwa's is that you have to do that work. You have to. You have changed. You're not the person who began this process of manifestation. Your needs have changed. Your boundaries have changed. Take the time to figure out what the new balance is. If you don't have uh, skills around energy hygiene, then go see somebody who does. Go, me, whoever, work with somebody who can help you assess that and bring that balance back. That is one of the services that I offer. Examine each level of yourself, body, mind, soul, feelings, and any other levels that reveal themselves as relevant to how you experience internal balance. It may not be the same for everybody. It may not be the exact same cookie cutter aspects of self. So be open to that possibility. The internal work, that internal work is a huge part of weird weaving. I get so sick of people telling me how energy work is not part of shamanism. It's not part of soul tending. This is where it is. It is part of the factor that influences your ability to bring any intention to fruition. When people talk about weird weaving, it's on the emphasis of the object that's wanted. But part of the magic that allows that outcome, that wanted outcome to form comes from the internal process. It comes from clearing, cleansing, releasing, bringing in, 
blessing. And all of those are part of tending yourself thoroughly all the time, not just when you have some creative dream. Manifestation is one thing. Having the chops to sustain it is completely something else and in a totally different skill set. And in order for the initiation of Ingwas to root, to bring the opening in our lives that we have ached for, we are required to be highly skilled in bringing in the dream and cleaning up the mess, restoring the balance once it comes. We can't just be aware, can't just be, you know, in possession of self-knowledge around this. We have to actively do the work to tend it ongoing. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about working with the runes in season or you just need a cheerleader, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all the other podcast platforms out there. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which is a podcast that I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies, also on Anchor. And other podcasts you might enjoy are Around Grandfather Fire, hosted by James Stovall and Sarah Odinson, and also Why Shamanism Now, hosted by Christina Pratt. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com or on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird. <laughs>